Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the Christian and leisure. People in our generation have more free time than any previous generation. More people work less hours for more money than ever before. There is an affluence of time in which people may choose activities that are not directly related to their subsistence. We've gone from the 70-hour work week to the 40-45-hour to 45 hour work week. As a result, the masses have more free time. In the past, people built their schedules around their work, but more and more in our society, they build them around their leisure time. This state of affairs demands that Christians as responsible citizens of the kingdom of God, should develop a biblical ethic for leisure. Leisure time can be defined as optional time in which a person can make his own choices of things to do. In other words, this is time left over after our obligations are met. Evidently, people don't know how to use their leisure time, and it has become a curse as well as a blessing. Largely, we've been unprepared for the leisure time we have, and as a result, people fill up the time with trivial activities and busyness. This has resulted in an obvious boredom that plagues modern people. To many people, Christian and non-Christian alike, spend their leisure time as a busy activity time. What a contradiction. There are at least two common misconceptions among Christians regarding leisure time. One idea is that we must always be busy producing and working. Now, it is true that the Bible condemns idleness. As an example, Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 10 and following, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Nevertheless, this exhortation does not call for constant busyness. Even God rested after the six days of creation. Genesis 1.31 reads, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. Now this was the rest of contemplation and enjoyment of what his hands had made. In other words, it was a rest of leisure for his enjoyment of what he had accomplished. A second misconception is that pleasure is wrong. Now this is often the reason believers become victims for busy work in their spare time. But Very often, the activity is neither restful nor recreative. Someone has rightly said that Christians know how to work and to worship, but do not know how to play. Again, Paul writes to Timothy, chapter 6, verse 17, regarding the rich. Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Here's the point. God richly provides us with everything to enjoy, the creation and all of its common blessings. This includes relationships and the wonders of the natural world. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Screwtape Letters, imagines a senior demon advising a junior demon 
on how to successfully tempt a Christian regarding pleasure. Quote, Never forget that when we're dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal and its satisfying form, we're in a sense on the enemy's ground. I know we've won many a soul through pleasure. All the same, it's his intervention, not ours. He made the pleasures. All our research so far has enabled us not to produce one pleasure. All we can do is to encourage the humans to take the pleasures which our enemy has produced at times or in ways or in degrees which he's forbidden. Hence, we always try to work away from the natural condition of any pleasure to that which is the least natural, least suggestive of its maker, and least pleasurable. Now, I think Lewis has expressed a truth. This can free us from false guilt. After all, those united to Christ Jesus by faith are destined for eternal pleasures. The psalmist in Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What then is the answer to these two common misconceptions? Now there may be other misconceptions. First, it's important that Christians develop a leisure ethic based on biblical principles. We must guard against a legalistic attitude toward leisure time. Now, here are some principles to help guide us. The first principle is that Christ is Lord of all of our time. A Christian is never off duty from God. Our faith touches every aspect of our lives. Therefore, Whatever the Christian chooses to do in his leisure time, it must be done to the glory of God. Paul writes in Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. A second principle is that the Christian's time, as well as his money and his abilities, is part of his stewardship. Although we have free time from the demands of work, We're not free from responsibility. Accordingly, we must look upon our leisure time as a new resource for us to subject to the Lord of life and to the Lord of beauty. He expects us to enjoy life and the beauty of his handiwork. Thirdly, believers need to learn to play again without feelings of guilt from the spontaneity and the pleasures of recreation. This is part of God's way of rebuilding our personal batteries of life. A break from the routines contributes to one's mental health. In summary, God is the creator of beauty and of enjoyment. He has given us all things as Christians to enjoy. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So reads 1 Timothy 4, verses 4 and 5. God himself derives pleasure from our proper use and enjoyment of his creation. Solomon counsels us in Ecclesiastes 2.24. There is nothing better for a man than he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in this labor. This also I saw was from the hand of God. And Paul describes God in 1 Timothy 6.17 as he who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Certainly, our Christian sense of stewardship 
means that we will be active redeeming the time in the sense of making good use of our leisure hours and resources. We must learn how to build ourselves up constructively and to listen to the Lord of time as he directs our paths besides the quiet and still waters. Listen to the call of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Here's some words of a hymn by Edward Castle. When morning gilds the sky, our hearts awakening cry, may Jesus Christ be praised. In all our work and prayer, we ask his loving care, may Jesus Christ be praised. Now let's modify the words for a minute and sing, alike at work and play, may Jesus Christ be praised. May the Lord Jesus receive glory as we learn to enjoy our leisure time and employ it profitably for our restoration and for his kingdom's advance. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. And the next time, remember that God is the creator of pleasure and God takes great pleasure in his people. And when we know God and truly love him through Jesus Christ our Lord, then we will find that God himself is the great reason for living and the great source of true enjoyment. And we are destined for eternal pleasures at his right hand.